0: Have you got to the point where you're really ready to stop drinking? Can you admit, hand on your heart, that you cannot moderate and there is no point forcing yourself around and around the Ferris wheel? Do you want to get sober but don't know where to start? Or do you wish that you could get some positive results this time? In my private membership group, Thrive, you will find the recipe to get and stay successfully sober. Thrive offers wonderful support, guidance on how to start, how to get past specific challenges, and it also includes weekly Zoom meetings. There are many people that have joined Thrive on day one, and now they're celebrating milestones they've never achieved before. Visit www.sassysobermum.com Thrive for more info or to sign up. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I have Claire from Wokingham and she is six and a half months sober and I know Claire quite well because she's in Thrive and we're also friends um, and we have a lot of WhatsApp chats here and there. So Claire, it's so lovely for us both to manage to get together. We're both really busy at the moment and I'm delighted that we're getting this opportunity to talk about you
1: and your story with alcohol so thanks for joining me thanks terry yeah it feels like it's taken us a little while to get to this point but i'm so glad we've managed to make it
0: <laughs> we were saying weren't we it's uh, literally taken three months <laughs> yes but um, yes. but never mind you know it's it's happening now and that's the main thing so
1: why don't you tell us a bit about who you are so we can get to know you Okay, no problem so i'm forty six soon to be forty seven um I've got three older children sort of teenagers and nearly a twenty one year old um i've been married oh, twenty two years and um yeah, i work in education i'm also a sobriety coach and um yeah, I've got three dogs my life's crazy um and, yeah, it's just a busy, busy time um trying to keep up with everything, but somehow I managed to do it. I'm a bit of a plate juggler, so somehow it seems to all come together it's you've got all the
0: threes there as well, yeah. three's obviously your number, isn't it? Maybe you need yeah. three jobs, you know yeah. you can get another job and have three yeah. jobs. thought <laughs> so oh dear. um. Oh, so why don't we get into your story? Um, tell us about your life with alcohol.
1: So um, I've thought about this a little bit. My kind of earliest memory of alcohol, and this kind of has probably shaped my whole relationship with alcohol. My earliest memory is my mum and dad had a group of friends who they just used to have the wildest get-togethers Um Sure, anyone of this my sort of generation can remember parents at dinner parties and children being left to make up plays and all sorts of random stuff. We'd be all make doing plays and random things and games while our parents were all having way too much to drink and But if I'm honest, they just, it looked like the best fun. I can remember my parents, they all um, had ski suits on at one person's house and they were skiing downstairs. I can remember waking up once at about three in the morning and going into a, a room at a friend, my parents' friend's house and they were all playing catch with fruit and there was fruit absolutely everywhere. It was crazy times and I suppose I grew up seeing alcohol equaling fun and equaling having a great time
0: yeah
1: at that age I I, I suppose quite young I started drinking with my friends I was clubbing at 15 because you could laminate a gym pass in those days yourself and use it to get into all sorts of places (laughs) um and drinking just continued um I I think for me drinking has always felt like That was part of having fun. I didn't understand one without the other. And I don't know if that's what came from my my family um, when we were younger. Um, As I got older, I did see a different side to it a bit. Um, As I became sort of a young adult, I, I noticed, you know, I'd easily have rows and things with my family that were just drink related. They weren't really about anything. They just ended up with us all having a big old fallout we'd wake up the next day and kind of pretend nothing had happened and all have a bit of a sore head um and then I met my husband um he had a very similar relationship to drinking so we just drank together we drank together when we were without children I probably had a patch when my kids were younger where I didn't drink so much and then as they got older the sort of wine mummy culture came in um the you know I would then my release felt like going and seeing friends and drinking with them and I suppose in later more recently um my going out has gone down but my drinking at home's gone up so it's just always been there um we've got a bar in our house so we've become like this we, My husband and I have created an identity, I think, of being party people. We're renowned for parties at our house. Everywhere we go, we bring the party with us.
0: Mm.
1: And that's really been the way I've been probably since the time I saw my parents throwing that fruit around the room or skiing down the stairs. I've just seen that you have to drink to, to have a good time. And um, that's the way I've lived my life until last year.
0: Yeah it's interesting isn't it? So I was just thinking then that you basically um become your parents you know yeah. you sort of it's all like gone full circle in yeah. some ways and we're very similar age I'm 46 this year so I really really understand what that scene was like as a kid and I remember as well those sorts of parties um At home, or around my auntie's house, and all the adults would just be cackling in the room, like laughing, 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 playing charades, maybe not juggling with fruit and things, but certainly, having a whale of a time, and myself and all the kids would be on the stairs up in bedrooms, just yeah, doing mean, God knows what, going to bed quite late, probably, and I have. To be honest, I, I've most of my adult life, I've always looked back at those times very fondly, you know, yeah. when adults were in a room and they were very happy. And it's easy to understand how you make that early connection, that framework develops internally, that those sorts of parties and alcohol and the falling over and the laughing and all of that, it's easy to see why that has been recorded as fun. <laughs> you know in terms of our brain data um and you know just like you as well like uh, yeah falling into drinking uh as a teenager getting into clubs at 15 with adults
1: drinking
0: yeah. and doing that every Thursday night and mm. you know when I think about my own I mean you've got teenage kids my kids are not teenagers yet but it's like just like I would not let them do that you know, I mean, I'm, you know, not, I don't want to, uh, not trying to criticize my own parents, but that was just what was okay, I think, back then. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, 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 in some ways, it's a good thing that that's not. Um, you have to have you know, ID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's good, you know, it's, when you're a parent, you know, and you've got kids or teenage kids, it is good that you're getting off that sort of stuff in shops and supermarkets because, you uh, we could just get away with a lot more back then and I do think that has impacted people like you and I in our generation um and the generations that you know older than us I do think that has impacted this over drinking culture that doesn't doesn't seem to be as prevalent today with teenagers
1: uh, so much but the um, amount- that um I noticed on your podcast a similar age to us and literally the standard thing is I started drinking at 15 it's yeah. just everyone was the same yeah and in fact, I'm just thinking why you were talking then on a Saturday for ages I used to get the train from where I used to live to Reading and go to the same news agents that would sell us alcohol with our gym pass and then we just go in a park and get drunk so actually from that was even younger that was you know that was probably when I was at school still um that was our saturday it's yeah. quite bad when i don't want to think about it really but it just was what everyone did at the time so
0: yeah and at that very young you know, still very tender age. And, you know, that isn't the teenage years are the second biggest ramp up in brain growth and brain development from when we're toddlers. And so during that period, we're kind of colliding that period with this massive uptake in drinking, which is impacting the brain development and stunting the emotional part of the brain and the growth there. And it's just, it's you can it's just it's so when you look back it's actually it's such a recipe for, for disaster and that s- sort of setting yourself up to drink and get drunk straight away and you know that sets sets the pattern for a lot of people like me and you and like the people on this podcast all the people that are in this community um, that you just, you don't know any other way to drink than to just drink no. to be absolutely shit-faced.
1: And I also want the caveat I'd like to say, I, I sadly don't um, have my mum anymore. She she died five years ago. But dad, if you're listening, I don't blame you because this is that was just so normal back then. You know, I don't think parents thought twice about their own drinking or the drinking of their teenage kids because it's just what we all did it, it, you know I I don't feel that there was any irresponsibility on their behalf I think it was just no one ever stopped to think about it did they yeah well
0: absolutely and I, I think I've um, expressed my frustration about this on the podcast before in that up until now and even now arguably it's still not enough but there's not balanced information about the risks of drinking alcohol. It's all just been marketed as this wonderful thing that fixes all your problems and helps you to de-stress and relax at the end of the week and gives you a reward for getting through your day with your kids. Um, And it's the marketing of big alcohol has been extremely successful, but unfortunately it's very dangerous. And so, yeah, 30 40 years ago plus people it was like smoking you know doctors were recommending people should smoke (laughs) and doctors were saying that that new mums or pregnant mums should have guinness and things to get iron and and it's just yeah i think they were doing what the best that they could at the time with the information that they had at the time that we just didn't know and we're starting to know better now but of course this behaviour is so deeply ingrained in, yeah. in our culture and not just in this country, but many, many countries globally. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay. So so talk me through how did you get to the point where you just stopped? Like what did that look like?
1: Well, it's an interesting one because I think I'm a little bit unusual in that I didn't I didn't really have my rock bottom moment. Um what actually happened was. A friend of mine had hers. (laughs) One of my best friends um, had her rock bottom moment. She fell over in her back garden, had a really quite nasty face injury and was absolutely devastated about it. And it was a friend I've known since the start of when our our children were, I had one child who was a toddler and a baby when I met her. So I've known her a good sort of 20 years and we were very similar drinkers. We've had some absolutely crazy times over the years. Once we look back and think, oh, my God, we did a lot of wine mummy stuff together when our kids were younger. So she had this sort of rock bottom moment. And I can just remember it like she rang me and said, I think I'm done. This, I just don't want to drink again. I just can't do this anymore and instantly i had that little bit of feeling of like oh what does that mean for me you know as we know with anything to do with drinking people instantly think about themselves anyway a couple of days went by and i just had this immense sense of jealousy and wanting what she was having it was that 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 kind of moment of like i'm 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 done and i'm okay with it and then I was checking in with her every couple of days because um, I was worried about her it really you know it really upset her how she was feeling and I just this feeling within me that I wanted a bit of that was growing and growing and growing that coincided with um, probably about a year if I look back of starting to get really different feelings around my own drinking um due to my age I think my hangovers were getting kind of almost debilitating like it would have been unusual on a Saturday for me to be stuck in bed still at two in the afternoon just feeling so horrendous Gosh. not being able to pull myself out of bed for nothing you know that awful feeling where you can't even stand up straight because being five foot seven in the air just you're almost bending down just to go to the toilet and it was getting worse and worse and I think without even knowing it my mindset was changing because I was starting to think what am I doing this is this is just not fun and also on a night out I was getting drunk quicker but that wasn't stopping the amount I was drinking I was still trying to hit you know be hardcore for want of a better word, but the impact was becoming more and more severe. I was getting ill on nights out more ill the next day so it, and then my husband also um and it 's worth mentioning because my husband and I stopped drinking the same day together um, and he'd had a number of things which were going on for him where drinking wasn't really serving him anymore. And it was really weird. The day we stopped, I literally called him and we almost at the same time said, I think we've both got to stop drinking. And it was that, it was really weird. He wow. had, something had happened for him. I'd woken up but I can't even think. And it was like, we literally were just, we were like, wow, this, this is, and, and we both recognised after that we felt quite, um, we wanted i think the thing is and i now know um a bit more about it i think the biggest thing for anyone to stop drinking is seeing someone else do it and realizing it's okay and realizing that life actually doesn't just go on but life is so much better mm-hmm. and once my my friend's six weeks further ahead in the journey than i am and that was just enough because once you've got over the her face had healed up, and she was feeling better. I can remember she had a, a, a day out, like an all-day drinking day out, and she went and drove and drove some other girlfriends that we both, you know, we both know. And I was nervous waiting for her the next day to get like an overview of how it had gone. And she was like, "Oh my god, I just had the best time." Oh. I actually you know the friend I'm talking about as well she you know she danced she drove she stayed out till two in the morning and she felt great the next day and that almost was it for me I was like this is just all the planets are aligning because actually not only can you start to feel really good in your daily life but you can actually go out and have a good time and not feel deprived and it just was like a complete light bulb moment and um that was it my husband and I both stopped on the same day because I'm quite an extra person I don't do any things by halves within about two weeks of that I had booked to be on your podcast (laughs) (laughs) and about a week after that I paid a deposit of what was quite a lot of money to do a sobriety coaching qualification so that was it I decided within three weeks I was done I was committing and I tied myself in with a couple of things that meant that's it this is my new choice my new way of life and I haven't actually looked back since so that's that's kind of you know I think it's unusual because people want the gory story of where everything went completely to shit, and you had to stop drinking because these awful things happened.
0: Mm.
1: It, it was just believing and and seeing evidence that somebody else that I loved and admired and had a very similar social scene to could actually thrive so much in sobriety. That was all I needed, really. Yeah. So it's quite it's it's quite
0: magical, really, because it sounds like a lot of things lined up for you. Yeah. You know, yeah, your friend uh d- made that decision which is a bold yeah. brave move um yes. and you know that it triggered that envy in you is a, such a big sign isn't it that something yes. wants you know to be paid attention to and then yes. that you and your husband had that kind of almost like lightning bolt same realization that you wanted to do something else and And then, you know, for whatever reason, we, you know, obviously there's the sober community, but we connected, you wanted to come on the podcast and that lines up and then the training. And it's just, yes, it is a different story, but it's a brilliant story. Um, And I love that you didn't have even not so much the rock bottom, because I do think actually there are lots of people on this podcast that don't have that rock bottom, Yeah, but they just have – it's almost like that death of a, a thousand cuts, isn't it? They have those just waking up feeling so fed up and having that over and over and over and over again. It, you know, I think lots of us have that. When we look back, we have had those kind of mini warning lights that things aren't as fun or as great as we sometimes think they are, but we do such a good job of pushing that <laughs> down and being yeah. being in denial. Um but yeah just, just just that actually that happened with your friend I just I, that is really fascinating it is quite different but powerful still really powerful um and yeah. and expands the possibility for other people that are struggling with well is it really bad enough you know and or have I got to wait until something bad happens to me well no you know maybe you know someone that's just decided to get sober curious or jump into sobriety or maybe you stumble on an ad on Facebook and just things like that And you know I know a lot of people and you might have a similar because I know you've got presence on social media as well uh, and and you're now in the coaching world but um I have people that contact me every now and then and they say I wasn't even thinking about getting sober and it just so happened to like your I mean, I don't do any sponsored advertising, but somehow, I guess the algorithm—it just kind of popped up. Yeah. For people and they and they and they saw my page, or someone else maybe sent something, and they go. And now I'm six weeks sober, and it feels amazing. Yeah. And I wasn't even thinking about it.
1: Uh, a guy, a guy from I deal with at work. Um, I spoke to him back at the end of March, and he said, "Oh, what are you doing in the uh, Easter holidays?" I said, oh, I'm going on holiday. I'm going." And he said, oh, lovely, where are you going? And I told him where I was going. And I said, yeah, it's a bit of a sort of a new one because my husband and I have stopped drinking and we've never been away. We're going all inclusive. And I probably rabbited on a little bit. Nothing that I thought was un- other anything other than normal conversation. And about four weeks later, he said, oh, by the way, I haven't drunk since your advice before the Easter wow. I was like oh, I didn't even know I'd given you any advice. He said, yeah, it's just your conversation really kind of stuck in my mind and I just decided I was going to give it a go. And that's the power of it, that it's just... And another, my oldest, oldest friend who I've known since I was 11, um, she hasn't drunk since New Year's Day and she keeps thanking me. Bless her, we have this like it's not a row it's a loving disagreement because she keeps thanking me and I keep saying to you you've done the hard work you know you've done this is you 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 have done everything and she keeps thanking me because she thinks all I've done is just be there for her and yeah seeing her life change has been just one of the most amazing things you could ever witness in one of the people that you love and care about and yeah it's it's funny because it just has an influence I think it it is for me it's all about seeing someone else do it and thrive in it and be able to
0: Mm-hmm.
1: i'm not saying thrive to tap tap into your branding by the way <laughs> it's a good word to be honest <laughs> but, but that what it is is it's you need with drinking it's so embedded we're so brainwashed by it yeah. we cannot see how the hell we can live our life without it yeah and just seeing someone else even if someone's three weeks ahead of you it doesn't actually matter because They've got three weeks of evidence that actually is okay, and life really can be good and mm. way better. That's the thing: is it once you start to make those changes, it is way better. But you need to almost believe that, and watching someone else go through that mm. ahead of you, I think, is is the best influence that any of us can kind of have believe that it is the right way forward
0: yeah it's such a good point actually i think being in a position where you can be a beacon of light for somebody and then you know that somebody can draw so much inspiration from you and believe it's possible just from watching or listening to you and i've got yeah. this, i've got a similar thing one of my very close friends um got sober she's just about to celebrate a year actually And um, we used to have some crazy nights together. They would always go get very messy. And she just decided that she needed, you know, she needed to do it. She she got to the point where she'd had enough. And, you know, she's really leaned on me. And for me to see her now, she's absolutely flourishing. You know, her life has completely changed all for the better. There's nothing negative about her getting sober she and obviously you know she's had to go through all the things like the baby birds that we are in the beginning you know you have to go through the you know oh my god how how can this possibly be forever that's so frightening you know getting all the FOMO and dealing with the social situations having first holiday having Christmas just all you know feelings coming up all that stuff that that is a challenge and, and is new without alcohol and just you know you need to put evidence in your cup to fill it up so that you can convince yourself that you can do those things happily uh sober but she's done a lot you know a year in or so she's done most nearly all of those first now she's several holidays she's on christmas um she's you know done a summer already she 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 got sober in may, so she did last summer, which was straight away for her full on second yeah. summer and she's just um she's just thriving <laughs> but it is a good word to describe you know she is just thriving, and it's the most lovely thing, isn't it to see when when you yeah you can just see somebody I mean it's lovely to be honest I find it lovely just helping anybody but especially yeah. when it's a close friend or Some, maybe friend. yeah
1: definitely and interestingly you said something then about she she did summer straight away and I was talking to someone the other day I was coaching and I was saying actually don't think there's any good or bad time because it doesn't really matter when you start there's always something yeah. like for me October, so the first within what felt like a blink of an eye suddenly I was facing Christmas yes if it's spring you've got to deal with summer if it's anything after summer you've got to deal with cold winter nights it just doesn't feel like there's any yeah and that, that makes you realize how ingrained it is that we've got all of these milestones in an average year that we link to drinking mm how could you possibly get through a summer how could you get through Christmas it's just there's never yeah you know that would be my advice I suppose is that today's as good as any day because there will always be something you're never going to get a time of year I mean I was saying to this lady there's no random reason why dry January is dry January you know when you think that was Set up by charities who make probably tens of millions of pounds in fundraising. They pick January because it is "quote unquote" the most boring month of the year, where everybody's happy to sacrifice not drinking. But yeah. but intrinsically, what you're we then saying is you can't possibly go out because you're not drinking. And it it, it it's funny. It's just how people think about stuff is so. Is so ridiculous, really, once you start analyzing it, isn't it? Yeah, it's
0: so true. The beliefs around alcohol are um yeah, they're they're all beliefs that have been formed really to protect drinking alcohol. And and actually, when you strip back those beliefs and try to work out is this fact or fiction? Yeah. All the time. It's not fact. It's just, you know, it is just a belief that you've made up that, um, you know, I mean, and it's also like in, in light of what you were just saying, one of the things that I think is, you know, when people keep putting off that decision to jump in, you know, that, that is, that is also a, a denial tactic. You know, it's just kind of like, if I just keep pushing it into the future, then, you know, maybe it might never come around. And so that that can be hard because, like you say, today is the best day <laughs> to yeah. stop. Like there is yeah. no reason why you couldn't just jump in and do this today and just give it a go. But what it does mean is for certainly for the first few weeks, maybe six weeks, you just gotta strip back that socializing anyway. It doesn't matter what month yeah. of the year it is. Doesn't, you know, and there might be the odd thing here and there that you can't avoid, like um, you know. Claire and John's wedding or you know whatever wh- whatever's in the diary you can't you know can't uh, fair enough you can't say I'm not going to that because it's a social situation I don't want to feel triggered but you can certainly you know cut back on all the other socializing all the other no. un-
1: yeah, yeah. We, we on our first week of sobriety we had so we stopped on the Monday and on the Saturday we had a Halloween fancy dress night out that we were going to six of us going we had organized it, my husband and I, and it was at a local restaurant. Um, and I think my husband had done some work there. So they'd sort of agreed they would just, he did a bit of a favor and they said, Oh, you can just come and have a meal. So the meal was all sorted and we direct, arranged the whole thing and we just felt we couldn't pull out so we not only went out we went out with some friends that we've always drunk with and we went out in fancy dress yeah (laughs) and we we got to the first bar we went to I actually was shaking not because I had the DTs I was shaking because I felt so nervous I felt like and you know that when you arrive somewhere We've all convinced ourselves that that first drink is the one that calms you down. I, I mean, I'm not a nervous person. I was so uptight. I felt like I couldn't almost control this anxiety I felt. And luckily, we had a fantastic evening. Um, we, our friends were all like, "What are you doing? That's weird." We drove home. Um, it, it was fine. But that was one of those, actually, just we just didn't feel that we could have stepped out of that one. Mm. I completely agree with you. Um, there's an element with sobriety, especially in those early weeks, where you just have to put yourself first. Yeah. In fact, that goes on all the way through, um, because we could probably do a six-hour podcast just talking about dealing with other people when you're not drinking and how to handle the things other people say to you but certainly in those first few weeks you just have to put yourself first and if that means turning stuff down being a hermit or spending every night we've talked about baths before and thrive on your pop on your group chat you know if it's going to bed at eight o'clock every night and having the bath and listening to a podcast that's what you have to do isn't it just to yeah build that strength to to start being able to be confident in your sobriety and it, it does take a bit of work, that's for sure. Yeah, it does.
0: But it but it's also such a really short amount of time in the grand scheme of life. And that's something that I think people maybe stop themselves jumping in because there's this period of however much time it is, let's say, I don't know, six weeks or 100 days or whatever it takes uh, to feel more strength in those sorts of situations they feel put off by that but that's actually you know it's a false economy that way of thinking like that because it is a really small amount of time it feels like a big time at the moment in the in the moment but you'll know because you you've done this relatively recently you know that first week feels quite slow and might drag a bit and it's all a bit new and you've got to learn stuff and it's like this whole new world of you know what do i do reading podcast, journaling blah 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 But then before you know it, you're hitting 50 days and then you're hitting 100 days. And then it just seems to snowball. I I found that anyway, personally, that I remembered writing on my, because I set my social media account up, I think on around day 50. And I remembered not long after I'd set that up, just posting milestones, you know, day 80 or day 90 or whatever. And just, and saying like, the days feel like they're really racking up now. It just felt like they were just, they were they were flying by it just suddenly
1: yeah to start with you feel like you're wishing your life away just I I made a couple of like really sort of basic word uh, inserted a table into word and and put days on there as far as which got my husband and I to uh, I think it was just after Christmas it was like 80 days or something I think and just ticking those off, just felt felt like it took forever. But now I'm like, oh my god, it's suddenly this many days and that many days. But I think that's just the change in your mindset.
0: You
1: know, you're just living life, so, yeah. and life starts to rush by like it does normally. You know, constantly we all go, oh, I can't believe it's May. Oh, how's it May already, or whatever. Yeah you get a bit like that but certainly to start with those days because you're so keen to hit milestones you're so keen to start achieving those things aren't you and and knowing that you've a bit of time under your belt um there's a massive sort of thing in the sobriety community you don't use the word only you don't say I've only been a week I've only been sober a month because actually it isn't only every day is an achievement isn't it
0: absolutely yeah exactly because that sometimes happened in thrive who say oh i'm only four days you know compared to the last person who said oh i'm i'm 60 days but you're absolutely right that i I always think that people that jump in to removing alcohol quitting alcohol and the fact that they've got that far and that they're trying and they're getting any days under their belt just says a lot, you know, it means a lot because a lot of people don't get there. And that's the thing that I always kind of feel, I guess the most sad about are the people that don't, that feel like they want to do something, but then don't act on it and don't, and, and they just prolong the misery. And I know that from my own personal experience, I felt probably like I wanted to stop drinking for 10 years before I finally did it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just, you know, that the real concern is never getting to the place where you make the, you know, you take the action to stop once you've yeah. crossed that line like every day is is amazing and and it just that just grows and grows and grows and the longer that you go into sobriety like the further in you get that that positive feeling never go it doesn't go away it it, it hangs around you know i i still feel just as grateful on a bank holiday weekend four years in that i'm not drinking as i did you know, six months in, it just—if yeah. anything—that feeling is just stronger for me because because I, I feel like I'm completely sober emotionally. I don't. There's, there's it's alcohol is nothing to me now. Alcohol. I feel about alcohol like I do about one of the paving slabs that I'm looking outside, in yeah. my garden. It just it's just like, yeah, it's just nothing. Um, so sorry, paving slab. There we go. <laughs> Thank go, oh, thanks a lot I'm trying to glean for you here <laughs> um so let's talk about the first 100 days for you what what were the what were the
1: good bits and the bad bits from memory um so god it's crazy I mean that feels like forever ago and it isn't really at all but that's how quick as you said your mental kind of energy around it changes um the good bits I think if you were to ask me what the the best thing that's come out of this is that every single one of my three children from my 14 year old to my 20 year old and they're old enough to have an opinion have all said to my husband and I that they're so happy we've given up drinking oh. and they're all lovely kids so none of them have said well they might have said you were a bit of a at points before when you were you know yeah not they've not tried to make us feel bad about ourselves as drinkers and my eldest daughter said I have sort of grieved a little bit you know going out and I mean I've always gone out with her and most of the time I've driven her mad after about three wines in so I'll still continue to do that but that for me um My son said it recently. My daughter's said it kind of within the first hundred days. And and that to me is just like, I just love that. And if nothing else, that sealed it forever that I would, I would never want to, you never stop to ask them when they're young. I think that's the thing because is for me I was in that wine culture mummy culture kind of environment it was just what you did oh I've had a bad day with the kids oh I'm gonna have to have a glass of wine that'll make everything better and that's just been great um you know it's it's been tough I think because my husband and I stopping together has been amazing but we've had a slightly different journey he's not extra like me so he didn't like sign up as a coach and set up an Instagram page and sign up for a podcast or within about the first hour <laughs> um, he's you know he's going on a bit of a different journey and we've had to work on that you know we've been together 20 plus years and we've only ever drunk together so that's that's been a, a learning curve kind of having to get to know each other um I think having to feel emotions in their raw sense is something you really really have to get used to quite early on I I felt like um, I almost started really grieving my mum again because I just felt so desperate to talk to her about it and say oh my god mum I've stopped drinking and get her seal of approval there's been a few of your guests who have come on and talked about how proud their mums have been and I've had a little blob and thought oh god you know I'd love to have had that conversation and I have to say I did have a little period where I think I my grief just came so much stronger than it has done for a little while because you have to just feel everything there's there's no there's no kind of hazy I'm going to drink through this to make it feel a bit easier or I'm gonna um I don't know you just have to become cheesy as it sounds authentically a hundred percent yourself mm. in everything you do work social life your family the way you deal with difficult times happy times everything has to be just you you don't have any other version of yourself and that that takes a while to get used to and you know it does it does prevent sometimes you from being able to avoid certain things that you would normally run away to your pina grigia or whatever your poison of choice is you know um uh, so I suppose that would be my kind of it's not a warning but my to anyone else thinking about it just look out for that and 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 try and deal with those things head on because actually you deal with things way better than you ever did before. It's just a bit scary, isn't it? It's a bit, Mm. you're a bit more vulnerable. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was just, I was a hundred percent in from a couple of days. I, I was one of the lucky ones, I suppose. I just knew this is what I wanted. I just, I just knew and I went for it from the start and I haven't really had a wobble, um, which I'm grateful for. I'm blessed that that's happened. I'm not smug about it. It's just been for whatever reason, I was just able to commit to it from really early on. Um, But that's not the case for everybody. Some people need, you know, I'm not saying I didn't do the work, you know, I join Thrive I did podcasts I listened to them every chance I had I'd be cooking dinner with a podcast on I'd be driving with a podcast on I read a couple of books um and you know what I'm lucky I've got my husband and two of my best friends not drinking and we just talk about it all the time especially with the girlfriends because we all like to natter don't we I meet with once a week generally for a dog walk and that's all we talk about it's become quite boring but we're it's like our little therapy walk we just immerse ourselves in all the good stuff yeah and my other friend we just chew each other's ear off over the phone about it but that's what's really helped for me is just having those conversations of oh, isn't this great? And doesn't that feel great? And oh, I don't miss this. And it just keeps resetting your mind as to why you start in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's so so funny, isn't it? Sober people love talking about sobriety with other sober people. We could do it all day, couldn't we? And I think think that's as well, um, because I do talk about it a bit, with other friends, to be honest, I've talked about it a lot with my husband, and I and I think my husband probably gets a bit bored of it sometimes. But he's so proud of of me and 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 what I'm achieving and and all of that stuff. So he's always you know always lends an ear. But I think there's something really special about talking to another sober person about because yeah. you just get it, don't you? Yeah. You just get it, and. My husband, you know, he, he kind of gets it because I'm good at going on about it and explaining it to him, but he doesn't get it because he doesn't have an issue with yeah. himself. Yeah. He can have one beer a year and that's all he yeah. needs. He just, he, yeah. he'll go to a wedding and, you know, he'll go crazy. He might have three beers and that is it. Like, that's a lot for him. Yeah. So there is, there is that bit that he doesn't get, you know, and he knows he doesn't get it. He he just sort of says, I can imagine what it's, it's like.
1: Um. So, and, yeah, when you get... I, I, no, sorry. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing because this is a journey that only people in the same boat can relate to because yeah. you have to, and that's why, you know... I knew I'd be okay at being a sober coach similar to you is you have to have had that lived experience you have to have gone through it and come out the other side to be able to to know to know the difference because if you have one beer a year and you decide to give that one beer a year up it's not going to make a blind bit of difference to your life it's the people that weren't able to do so many things without drinking yeah who get it who love it because we all are like oh my god you can actually have the most fulfilled lovely time the the one thing that it doesn't do and and it would be lovely if it did it doesn't take away hard times it doesn't take away stress life events those things will, will come at you like they always did. But what it does is it gives you such a clarity to be able to deal with them. Yeah. Um, and and that, that, you know, that for me has been just the biggest game changer, I think. You know, I've still had stuff in the last six and a half months to deal with. And I just feel that I've handled things better than I've than I've ever done before without alcohol. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's such a such a good point that you know life is still life. It's still 50-50, really. It's still up and down. That doesn't change. But what you're not doing by not drinking is you're not trying to just block that out and kind of artificially force yourself to feel good all the time because that's not that's not realistic you know in life we shouldn't feel good 100% of the time like it is a process of joy and disappointment and you know feeling energetic and feeling really tired and a bit burnt out and it's all the you know it's all that kind of melting pot of different feelings and emotions that makes life so great because when things are good and when you have worked hard and you achieve something that feel you're on top of the world when you do that and I just think I think my experience with stopping drinking has meant that I'm more tuned in to the joy it's brighter it's 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 more tangible and it's more rewarding and that didn't exist I don't know if there was a lot of joy in my life as a drinker I was definitely happy some you know some of the time of course but I also think that I was also unhappy a lot of the time and I just wasn't really aware of that perhaps or just tried to tried to push that down just by drinking more.
1: <laughs> so, um, so also, yeah. Judge an experience on how crazy it was or how out of hand it got or who. Yeah. You know, if there was some crazy thing going on, it was genuinely always going to be me or my husband, to be fair. Um, You know, if there was some perceived hilarious story the next day after a night out or a thing at our house or it was always me in the mix and generally always him and I think we we started to judge our fun on those sorts of things like oh my god what was I doing last night or someone reminded me what I'd done last night and actually to be able to have a really good time. I went to um, the Sober Rave a couple of weeks ago, like lunchtime on a Saturday. Oh my God, I had the best fun I've had in a couple of years. It was brilliant and I danced my socks off and there was no embarrassment, no regrets, no, I was in bed, a nice, sensible time and I'm okay with that. You know, days of, feeling like I have to be the most hardcore person there. I'm okay with accepting that it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Mm. And um, yeah it's it's, yeah, it's comfortable with yourself. That's that's I think yourself is the key word in anything to do with sobriety. You have to start putting yourself first because ultimately when you stop drinking you're going against the crowd you're not the lemming or if, if most drinkers surround themselves with other people that drink there's huge it's something crazy like 75 percent of people don't even drink more than one drink a week or something the other 25 percent left are the ones smashing it all the time and you tend to surround yourself with those people because they're your people aren't they And and when you stop drinking you have to go in a different direction and that, and that takes quite a lot of courage doesn't it because you get so much so many questions people want to know why they want to understand if you had a problem are you an alcoholic are you this are you that are you bored you're boring There's, you just have to focus on yourself on what you want out of the situation and that's the only real way to get through it I think
0: yeah and I think it's, with those heavy drinking friends you know they definitely probably think you've changed but the reality is you have changed and that is okay yeah. and I think people yeah. struggle with that they they feel like they won't have a place but the truth is those friendships either last but they just turn into you know you do different things or they fizzle out a bit but no hard feelings you just maybe won't see them as much and then you do meet other people, like you do find other people to connect with, and also you 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 start to realize the people in your life, maybe some of them just didn't drink or want to drink as much as you, they just yeah. really did because you did, and actually they're quite easy to recalibrate those those friendships. So it's not all doom and gloom, but for the very hardcore drinking party friends yeah you will change and you and you might pull away from that for a while because when you come back to it if you come back to it you'll probably realize that's not fun anymore and that is okay and that's that's one thing i've learned over over time i suppose is that it's absolutely fine that i don't find standing in a bar for 5 hours fun that's not my version of fun anymore and that's okay um so Claire, where can we find you so that we can follow your journey and learn about your services and all that jazz?
1: So um my Instagram is um at BoozeFreeMe. Yeah. So um and then I have got a website which is um dot uk, which is my sober coaching website. Um so yeah, you can find me on either of those. Um or not at all if you don't want to. But, yeah, um, I do try on my Instagram to, to uh, as I said, I set it up quite early on and I, I kept it a secret. I didn't even tell any of my family. That. It's like this weird dirty secret for about a month probably. I don't know why. It was really weird and unlike me. I normally tell everybody about everything. Um, But, you know, having that Instagram has just been – brilliant for me it's just kept me accountable um you know I've I've been brave I think I've put all sorts of pictures of myself laid on floors and it you know it's a bit it's sad in a way it's a bit like when you when someone dies you realize you're never gonna have any more pictures of them and I I feel a bit like that about my sobriety like I've got A selection of pictures, and I can't create any more. There's never going to be any more to kind of add in. But I've I've trawled quite a lot, and I've put quite a lot lot of that on my Instagram because I think it's really important that people don't see you as this um, angelic, holier than thou, sober, judgy person. Because that is not what it's about. It's about saying, you know, what we've all been there. It's scary. But if you make this change for yourself, the benefits are pretty much endless, I think. They they just, as you said, doesn't matter how long you are sober for, it's the joy that just keeps on giving, isn't it? Or the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And what would be your top three tips for people getting sober
1: um, or, yeah, who are already sober? So my number one as I've said a few times, is prioritize yourself. Just try as much as you can not to let the, the views of other people affect your journey. Um, love It's about self-love and self-care. And this is honestly, you know, I've had three children. They are my pride and joy. I'm so proud of them all. But for this I'm proud of myself I've never been more proud of myself of anything I've done in 46 nearly 47 years but you have to be a little bit selfish um number two would be just use every tool that you can get at your disposal Instagram is amazing I didn't even know from the day I stopped drinking I had absolutely no idea there was such thing as a sober community I just didn't even know it existed didn't know about the books. Didn't know about anything. Um, so, get that toolkit and pack it with everything that works for you. Bit I wrote. I bought um, like a sobriety journal off Amazon. I did that for the first about eighty days. Wrote in it every single day about how how I felt, whether I drunk or not. Um, I listened to podcasts. I read, as I said, a couple of books. And I just immerse myself in, in the community. And, and that I think is, is so useful. Um, my third top tip would be, it's OK to say no. I didn't do a lot of that because I was very, very confident in my sobriety from quite early on. But, you know, I look at, say, the experience of my husband. And he has had to do that a lot more Um He's not wanting to go and sit in a pub, even if he's drinking a pint of Lucky Saint or whatever. He and that is okay. You just have to, it's again, it goes back to that thing of just putting yourself first. If people love you, care about you for who you are, they will be there for you whether you're drinking or not. And and they're the ones you need to worry about. Anyone that anyone that doesn't want you as your sober, amazing. Fantastic, genuine self, well,
0: they can do one <laughs> It's so so beautifully summarized love all of those, and absolutely have loved catching up with you today and getting deeper into your story and congratulations on everything that you've achieved and I wish you all the success with your coaching. I know you're going to be absolutely okay. amazing worth the way it
1: was worth the way a hundred. I lost you. A it's bit been amazing. There. It, it cut out then. It went a
0: hundred, but I know you said a hundred percent. So yeah,
1: it said a hundred percent it was worth waiting for. So <laughs> it's been really good to talk to you, Larry.
0: ah oh, thank you. And thank you to everyone else. Until next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.